Welcome to Real Estate Investing in the Real World Podcast. The topic of this episode is how to get a contractor to finish the job. Have you ever hired a contractor? They were supposedly finished, but yet there were still quite a few things left undone and you ended up having to either hire another contractor to finish the work or even worse, you had to go do it yourself. My parents, of all people, just went through this recently. They hired a painter to stain their log cabin, and after the work was supposedly finished, they had to go back behind that painter, and they had to do a bunch of touch-up work, get on the ladders and everything. It was ridiculous. My own parents made the mistakes that I'm going to share with you that you don't need to make when working with contractors so that you can ensure the job gets finished more so now perhaps than ever. Contractors, many of which, especially the good ones, have more work than they know what to do with. They have a backlog of five or six or 10 months of customers just waiting in line for them. And so at no other point that I can remember in my business career, contractors really can take shortcuts. They really can screw homeowners if they want to, and so what? They have so much more business, who cares if the reputation's tarnished? They have a 10-month backlog. Now, not all contractors are bad. I actually have quite the reputation for beating up on contractors. I have a video, Seven Things to Never Say to a Contractor, that's become pretty infamous, and uh, contractors still watch those literally daily, and they just throw out all kinds of rants on how angry they are with, with the advice I provided. Now, look, I had a follow-up video called uh, How to Find Great Contractors, and I believe that those two videos combined really take into account my entire attitude on how to hire and and work with contractors not just the first one on the seven things to never say to them and so some of the lessons I'll share in here are in those as well and what you need to know about getting a contractor to finish the job is this it all starts with this begin with the end in mind getting a contractor to finish the job is about beginning with the end in mind. It's how you set up the deal that determines if the job will get finished. It's not that you're going to yell at them, you're gonna intimidate them, you're gonna do something at the end to motivate them to finish. You're gonna build the motivation, you're gonna build the accountability into the deal before they ever start doing anything. The way you're gonna do that is first with strategic installments tied to specific milestones. There's a lot to unpack there, and so let's unpack this. Strategic installments. All right, obviously we're not going to be able to pay a contractor for everything once the entire job is done. Most contractors, especially in today's marketplace, are going to expect some money along the way because they don't want to get into a position where they finish all their work and then you don't pay them. Now, separately, or the exact opposite, would be if you paid them all the money up front and they hadn't started yet, then they would be ahead of you and they wouldn't be as motivated to finish the job. I don't care how trustworthy they are. These rules are irrespective of how wonderful and trustworthy the contractor is. You want to apply this no matter what. So, We don't want to be on either extreme of that spectrum. We don't want to be in a position where you pay too much up front 
or you don't pay anything along the way. And so therefore, either party is in too much of a, uh, an advantage point. So I want to share with you it this way. Strategic installments means that the contractor, here we go, never gets ahead of you. And therefore, you also don't get ahead of them. What do I mean by get ahead? I mean that as the project rolls out, as work is done, you're doling out installment payments in such a way where there's still an incentive for them to continue working. And whereby they're, they're getting paid fairly along the way. They can pay their, let's say they've got their subcontractors or they're just their other people on their team that they're paying. And they're getting paid along the way, but they're not in the circumstance where they're so far ahead of you. This would be a good way to explain it. Whereby you get to the end of the project and there's still quite a bit of work left, but you've already paid out so much of the job already that the amount of work left versus how much they're actually going to collect, it makes more sense for them to just not continue. Yeah, it pisses you off. Yeah, it's kind of a scumbag move, but so what? At the end of the day, they have 30 other customers waiting on them, and they can get a whole bunch of money up front from the next guy and haven't not done any work yet. And I hope I explained that clearly, because that's what I mean by getting ahead. If the contractor is ahead of you on the installments, then you do have an installment plan, it's just not strategic. Strategic, in another way, would be fair and reasonable. That as the project, in this case, specific milestones are completed, they're getting paid. But that last milestone, there needs to be some money left over. Otherwise, they just won't finish it. And that's the fundamental way to get them to actually finish the job, is to make sure there's enough money at the end, that there's a carrot at the end dangling in front of them that they actually want to finish. Okay, and so every, of course, project is different, and this is where you really need to understand what it is that you're getting yourself into. And that's why we say tied to specific milestones. You've got to know what the project is and what those milestones are. So it, let's say, for example, it is, I'm going to use the simple example of painting. Well, then you know that there's going to be certain, let's say, the exterior. And then they have both the exterior and then they have the trim. And then they're going to have the interior and then they have the interior trim, right? So you may have one for exterior once they finish both coats. Uh, and then you've got one for trim and then you've got for one interior. So you have these different milestones, and of course there's different paint for different rooms, and you've got the, the different finishes in the bathroom and the kitchen than you would in the, in the living room. And so all those items you might end up doing in specific milestones, but you work it out with the contractor. That way you're not ahead and they're not ahead. I don't like the idea of 50-50. Hey, pay me 50% up front now and 50% when the job's finished. That doesn't work either. And I'm going to go a step further and talk about how important it is to buy your own materials. I always buy my own materials. There are a few exceptions. Well, first let me explain that with my materials, I have uh, accounts with Sherwin-Williams and with the different lumber providers and with the hardware providers and with Home Depot and LL Flooring and Lowe's and all these others. And I get just as big of a discount as every other contractor does, if not bigger. Now, the exceptions would be like my, my electrician. 
you know, he buys the, the Romex wiring and stuff. I don't get into those little minor details. Plumber, I am going to buy all the plumbing fixtures, all of the faucets, but I'm not going to buy some of the PVC and some of the different connectors. All right, the, the plumber buys those, right? Uh, HVAC, I could buy my own units, but I end up allowing my HVAC contractor to do so. He's a great guy. It's always worked out very well, but he wouldn't care if I bought the HVAC unit. That'd be fine, too. So if you buy your own materials, that already helps you along this specific milestone. You're paying for the labor. You're not paying for the materials, and that way they can't really get ahead of you. But what if the person is buying materials? Well, then you need to see receipts. If the contractor's buying materials, you need to see receipts. You need to make sure that they are your materials once they enter that job site. Once they buy them, they usually they get delivered by the supplier, so it's not like they're even delivering the materials. Those materials need to be yours. That ensures that they're not ahead of you, right? If they keep a hold of all the materials and it's not on the job site, that's a way they can get ahead of you. So you know exactly what is going to be happening as far as milestones. Here, here, here. And then that way, you tie those installments to those milestones and you leave plenty of money at the end. And now you've built an, a, a deal, an arrangement that is built to finish because you began with the end in mind. You knew that if you didn't leave enough money and you weren't specific in your milestones, there was a good chance that that contractor could get ahead of you and now all of a sudden they wouldn't be motivated to finish. The next thing you must do in order to ensure that the job gets finished by that contractor by beginning with the end in mind is that you've got to be extremely specific. Contractors thrive in ambiguity because they're able to use that as the reason why they're not violating the agreement. They say, well, we never clarified that. You never told me that. I, well, if you would have told me that, I would have changed my bid completely. They love ambiguity. You need to be extremely specific. So get used to using phrases like this. So that there's no misunderstanding. Who is going to haul away all of the debris and junk created from the job? Are you the one getting the dumpster? Are you the one coordinating with the dumpster company? Are you the one that's going to haul that away? Are you the one that's going to do a final cleanup? Be very, very specific. If you're not, it's going to hurt you, especially down the stretch. As the project gets to the finish line, that's when all the ambiguities are separated because now you can see the project. You can see if the paint is finished or not. You be clear, hey, who's going to do all the touch-up? Oh, I am. I'm going to go back in there. My team and I will go back in. Okay, so well, the job will be finished when I walk around and everything's touched up and the entire job is finished. And I can tell that there isn't touch-up here and touch-up there. Is that right? Okay, great. I just don't want to have any misunderstandings. Be very specific. And if you don't know, this is a huge problem with those that hire contractors. Let's be real. You're hiring someone because you don't already know how to do it yourself. Otherwise, you'd probably do it yourself in many cases. So how do you be specific about something you don't really understand? Well, you can be specific on the results. You don't need to be specific on how they get there, right? They have their own techniques for how they get it done. You're specific on the result you want to have accomplished. And that is where extreme specificity is so important because ambiguity will hurt you so much down the stretch. That's where they'll say, well, you've changed a lot of things on me. And so I had to spend a lot more money on those things. And so, no, I can't finish this job now unless you pay me another $2,000, right? Because you were unspecific enough. I'm not going to blame contractors for thriving in ambiguity. 
I'm going to blame you as the person hiring them. That's your job. You're the CEO. The buck stops with you. You're the owner. You're the one that needs to make sure you clearly articulate exactly what the deal is. Now, do you need some long, drawn-out contract? No. In fact, the contract that I, I recommend is literally one page. It's not about the length of the contract. It's about the specificity of those milestones so that it's crystal clear and that there's no way anyone would be confused on what it is that they're supposed to do. And that's my goal. My goal is that if a third party reads it, they look at it and say, well, this is pretty clear. You said you were going to do this, 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 and this by these dates, and this is the amount of money you were going to get paid. It looks like this owner did exactly that. Okay, so if you keep extreme specificity in mind and you have strategic installments tied to specific milestones, what else do you need? Well, that's going to be accountability. You know, everyone, and I mean everyone, me, you, everybody, does better when we're held accountable, right? So if you've done these two items correctly, you've boxed them in, and there's only one other direction they can go in, and that is to change the deal. Now, here's how it could sound, and some of you might be able to relate to this quick example. They might say, look, I I'm a little tight on cash right now. Here's the situation. I just had COVID. I'm just coming off of that. A couple of guys were sick. If you could pay me today, I promise that I will meet that specific milestone by Tuesday. But I need the money now. Is there any way you could do that for me? Now, you might be in a position where if you say no, they might say, oh, well, come on. I mean, I've gone above and beyond. I, I finished this project faster than, I, than, than we even talked about. That's ridiculous. I've, I've, I've done more than what we even talked about on these milestones, right? So they could lay into you like that. Or they could just tug at your heartstrings. They give you some sob story. They're going through a divorce. They're this, they're that. Your answer needs to be as kind as you can say it. I am going to stick to our agreement that's what you get when you work with me. I'm going to follow through with my commitments. I'm going to pay you exactly when those milestones are reached. You can count on me. But I'm not going to change the deal that we've already established. And in the past, if I ever changed my or bent my rules, I've always paid for it. I've always regretted it. So it's nothing against you personally, but I, and I don't blame you asking, but no, we're going to stick to the deal you got to hold them accountable. And that also means that you need to be not overly strict, but they need to meet the milestone. You walk around and there's five little things. They always use the word little. Oh, that's little. I'll take care of that real quick. Oh, if, if it's so quick, then go ahead and knock it out right now. You need to make sure they actually met the milestone. Don't give them the money until they meet it. Don't be, quote, nice. You're not being nice. That's not a nice thing to do. It's a stupid thing to do. You need to follow through with the agreement. You need to be accountable for the agreement you set, but not to the point where you're obnoxious. Oh, well, you need to, you need to uh, you know, use a toothbrush and scrub that little spot. I'm not saying that either. But I am saying to hold them accountable to their milestones. Because when you do that, it fits for everyone. Right? When you change the rules, just like in sports or anything else, when rules are changed, there are always unintended consequences. So don't change the plan you set up unless you two renegotiate the plan, you know, and, and that's done ahead of time. Otherwise, you know, whatever their excuse is, whatever their sob story is, it doesn't matter. 
None of that matters. It's what the deal is. Hold them accountable. Have the courage, have the strength to hold them accountable. Walk through the property, look to make sure the milestones have been met. If they haven't, you can be very nice and respectful and kind about it, but don't pay the payments until it's finished, right? Okay, well that is how you get contractors to finish their jobs. You are strategic in the installments of the specific milestones, and when we say specific, get extreme. Extremely specific and then hold them accountable. You begin with the end in mind. Otherwise, the job may not get finished. All right, y'all, well, I'm Phil Pustiowski with Freedom Mentor. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope it provided you some great value in working with contractors. If you are new to real estate, if you don't already have my book, How to Be a Real Estate Investor, I give it away for free. And if you are a real estate investor or want to be incredibly successful, consider my apprentice program where my mentoring team and I, we teach you, we guide you, we work with you step by step until you become a money-making machine in real estate, an expert working with contractors, brilliant at negotiating with sellers, knowing exactly what to do with every deal that comes across your desk. And that's what my apprentice program is all about. It is helping people become incredibly successful. In fact, many of the most successful real estate investors in North America got their start with me and my team.